Hello, my name is Mallory Jenna Robinson. Join me on A Hateful Homicide, a true crime podcast dedicated to telling the stories regarding the murders of transgender, gender non-binary, and gender diverse community members in the United States and abroad. This is A Hateful Homicide. 911, what's your emergency? Yeah. transgender woman has been shot and killed in North Baltimore, Alpha. In the U.S., trans women of color have a life expectancy of just 35 years. This happens on a daily. Another one of my friends got killed right up the street from here. These cases are true. The victims are real and their voices matter. This is A Hateful Homicide. The murder of Dosky Azad, the honor killing. Monday, January 31st, 2022, Duhok, Iraq. Warning. The following episode might contain audio evidence of misgendering and discrimination. Listening discretion is advised. Our story on Iraqi Kurdish 23-year-old transgender woman Dasky Azad is based on insider's investigative work and goes like this. Dasky Azad ran into problems with her family after she came out of the closet as a transgender woman years ago. Some conservative family members did not accept this and threatened to kill her on several occasions. Doskia's ad fled her parental home and built a new existence in Duhak in the Kurdish region of Iraq. She worked as a makeup artist in a local salon and had many friends. Even years after her move, her brother and cousin continued to threaten her with death. On Monday, January 31, 2022, Doskia's ad's lifeless body was found in a shallow ditch near Duhak. Her hands were tied and, according to local police, she had been hit by bullets in her head and chest one or two days before she was found. The only suspect for this brutal liquidation is her brother, who has lived in Germany for the last eight years. Chakter is believed to have flown to Iraq for the sole purpose of killing his sister and fled Iraq quickly after the murder. Agents suspect he is hiding in Germany, Belgium, or Turkey. Kurdish authorities have reportedly contacted Interpol to track down and arrest this murder suspect. We would welcome any leads. Thank you for watching this video and helping us build a large database of stories about honor killings. Please subscribe to our channel Honor Killing on YouTube. It's Monday, January 31st, 2022, in the city of Duhok, Iraq. It would be the home where 23-year-old trans-Iraqi female Dasky Azad would reside. And that Monday afternoon, when her body was discovered in a ditch outside of Duhok, a Kurdish region, region in Iraq, it would leave that city demanding justice for years to come. Welcome, my audience. Thank you all so much for tuning in to season four, episode two of A Hateful Homicide, The Murder of Dasky Azad, The Honor Killing. This case involves family drama, sibling rivalry, Interpol, international investigation, all in the name of honor. 
What happens when the people that you love the most, who are supposed to protect you, ultimately conspires against you to take your life simply for being yourself? That is what this case is going to entail, my audience. In today's episode, you are going to hear from other trans women and their experiences in the Middle East, such places like Iraq and Pakistan. And then you're also going to hear from these incredible bloggers um, who just also wanted to share their commentary about the hateful homicide of Daski Zad. So again, please, please, please know that this case is important. It is important that we cover our international cases, um, especially for our communities um, in spaces where there are no protections for trans people legally. Um, right now, um, Dosky's brother, 28-year-old um, Chakdar Azad, is uh, on the run. He's fled back to Germany, which is where he had been living since circa 2014. And so all of this really just shocked the nation of Iraq because of the fact that we know that honor killings are very real. And when we think of them typically, they've been more so when we think of like our cis women who are defying those societal norms and, 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 and cultural norms and what is supposed to be done. And unfortunately, in Dosky's case, it was very similar, um, though she was not identified as a cis woman, but her trans identity played such a role in her hateful homicide that when she began her gender journey as early as the age of 11, you all, she had to flee for her life. And what's really interesting is that you have this timeline of literally like 13 years almost of where she was constantly like fleeing for her life, couch surfing, really just trying to get away from her family, especially the cis male relatives. Um, she found herself being constantly uh, threatened by them um, regarding her life. And unfortunately, the family made promises that they decided to keep. And they decided to live up to those threats on Monday, January 31st of 2022 in Duhok, Iraq, again, a region in the Kurdish area. And this is where 23-year-old trans Iraqi female Daski Azad's lifeless body was discovered around 1.30 p.m. Um, what happened was a passerby had discovered what looked like a mannequin in this ditch, um, again, outside of this area in Duhok, Iraq. And they got out of their car. And as they walked over and realized that the body was not a mannequin, it wasn't some artificial, you know, object, right? This was an actual human being. The law enforcement was immediately notified. And the Duhok law enforcement team came out. There you had Officer um, Chan Ko um, Borhim, who was really pivotal, <clears throat> excuse me, in like investigating Dosky's case. And he, through speaking to Dosky's family members who were supportive of her journey, learned early on that Dosky was being threatened by her family, threatened to be murdered if she did not identify as a cisgendered male. And because Dosky was so empowered in her truth and was determined to just live her life authentically as Dosky, even as young as 11, you all, this really upset her family. Now, I, as I've done research on this case, some people have asked me, you know, well, you know, why didn't they 
attack Dosky, um, commit these hateful homicide, this hateful homicide sooner than 13 years later. And based on what I've been able to uncover and my team as well, is that what has happened is, is that they were really praying that Dosky would return to life as a cis individual, right? They thought initially at the age of 11 that this was, as so many people think, right, even here in America, right, that it's a phase. And so at that young age, there wasn't in her case at that moment to necessarily take her life, but just more so intimidate. And so when her parents could not handle um, her gender identity and expression, um, she was put out immediately by the age of 12 and so then again she had like some aunts and you know uh, cis female cousins who were very supportive in her truth and would let her stay on their couch and stuff like that but even in spite and despite all of that my audience Dosky was still being threatened as she continued to grow up right for the next 13 years she was faced with threats attacks verbally and physically as well, not only just by her male-identified family, but then also just people in the community. And what's really heartaching is that despite all of that that she went through by the hands of her own family, her own biological family, she still had love for them. She still had hope that in time that her brothers and her father and her uncles would come around and accept and support her. And unfortunately, that did not come to be. And so by that morning, on Monday, on January 31st of 2022, when her body is discovered lifeless, you know, we have this incredible law enforcement team who is trying to first uncover who this person is because there was no ID. And so when they ran Dosky's fingerprints, it came back um, in her and her um, previous name. And they were then able to notify um, her roommate who she was living with. And her roommate, Sabrine um, Contour, was really pivotal in conversing around the fact that Dosky had been afraid of her family, that her brother, Chakdar Azad, again, a 28-year-old cis Iraqi man living in Germany, who had came all the way from Germany to murder his sister back in his homeland of Iraq in the name of honor, in the name of family name. As a result of this, um, you know, our incredible law enforcement team, Detective Frihaw, was really in, in pivotal in making sure that there was an immediately arrest warrant put out for Chakdar's arrest. But time, Dosky's body had been discovered, the hateful homicide had been uncovered, and it had been revealed, and most likely it was by the hands of her brother. Um, this is when, that again, that arrest warrant was put out. The law enforcement team contacted Interpol, the international law investigating team, since, again, this is now involving not only the nation of Iraq, but then also the nation of Germany. Um, then there was also possibilities of him fleeing to other parts of Europe, such as Belgium and Switzerland. So, again, all of these agencies are communicating with each other to assure that justice for Dossi will be served. And what's really, again, interesting about this case to my audience is that we think of the journey that Dosky was on, right? She was so determined to be herself for herself. And she always feared, you know, even though she had this hope that her and her family would res reconcile and uh, resume, you know, life as usual before circa 2009 when she came out proudly as a trans youth. She always hoped for that, but she also feared that her brothers and her uncles and her father could and would take her life as they had been threatening this for over 10 years. 
And so by late 2021, when she had turned 23 and uh, was getting ready to go into the, the new year of 2022, she had become more fearful of her brother, especially her her um, second to older brother, Chakdar. He was out of all of the five siblings, was probably the most aggressive towards her. Um, he had the most resentment and hatred, and he was actually the most willing to murder her. Um, actually, and when I um, when we you know I've done some research and, and I've heard information about from her her roommate, she always talked about Dosky's love for her brother Chakdar, but their dynamic um, as siblings. He was five years her senior, so when she began her gender journey at the age of eleven, he was sixteen and and had already became ingrained in that right what we know as toxic masculinity. Um, you know, Sabrine would also talk about how um, he um, how he would even mistreat Dosky um, and his own mother. Right, he was you know because of the fact that she identified as a cis woman. Right, so he didn't even have respect for his own mother um, by that time. So when his, you know, um, youngest sibling essentially came out as trans in 2009, he made the decision then that he wanted to take his sister's life. But because, again, like I said, um, Dosky's family was believing that this would be a phase, you know, they really um, refrained from murdering Dosky as early as the age of 11. But by 2021, 12 years in into her gender and social and medical transition and journey, the threat had become very real. Through those 13 years of harassment, again, like I said, she had been physically assaulted by her father, by her brothers, by her uncles, physically assaulted as well. And then even by like just a mob of audience. And you all have heard this in other cases, um, again, always referencing, um, you know, several cases. Again, we had Amanda Milan and in season one, episode one, right, where she was attacked by several men. And so we have these cases of mob violence. And unfortunately, Dosky was a victim of that. We heard in season four, episode one, right, the hateful homicide of Hundi Kader, where she was faced with a hell of water bullets and, and other types of violence. So we know even whether it's domestically or internationally that violence towards our trans folks in cis and gender and non-conforming and intersex community members is real, but especially towards our TGI community. But when we think specifically of honor killings, especially over in our Middle Eastern region, again, it has been typically associated with our um, cis women. But in cases where, um, you know, in Dosky's case where she's open and proud of who she is, unfortunately, she too fell into that same um, experience of being harassed and faced with threats and violence. Speaking of threats and violence, I want to take a moment and shift gears and think about some of the experiences of our TGI community in Iraq um, and even in Pakistan. As we know, far too often our community members turn to sex work as a way to survive. And that is no exception in the country of Iraq and especially the city of Duhok. These places where our communities are not safe, right? Even here domestically, we are not safe, but definitely abroad um, where the laws do not apply the same. Um, there is no hate crime statutes in some of these places, right? We know here in the United States that there's a hate crime statute federally, um, and we've definitely covered some cases that have enacted that. But unfortunately, as we cover some of these international cases in season four, we're going to see where there's still a lot of work to be done on the legislative end, but it also goes back to the individuals who are in this 
this line of work right until we start changing the minds of these legislation, excuse me, legislative individuals and bodies of government who make these laws and create them and pass them. We aren't going to see the change that we want to see, especially in places like Iraq. But I want to give you all a little bit of insight into the experiences that our community there faces. As a tax collector, Sana believes that she's finally getting some deserved respect from people on the streets. The tax authorities knew what they were doing. In this conservative Muslim society, surprise, flamboyancy, and a touch of lip liner can persuade even the most stubborn of tax evaders to stump up. Thank you. लेकिन ये तरीका है कि वो जाके लोगों के दुकान पे आके वो अपने पुराने तरीके से अपने आप एक्सपोज करें उन कपड़ों में आए और वो शोर मचाएं बहुत बुरा तरीका है लोगों से पैसा लड़की नौकरी करे तो कोई बेस्ती नहीं अगर हिजड़े नौकरी करे तो किसी इनकी बेस्ती है अच्छी बात है कि उनको तनख्वाह मिले बेचारे अपने भीख मांगने से उनकी जान छूटे वो अपने मखसूस तनख्वाह से अपना गुजारा करें और आप बता दें ये प्रॉब्लम क्या थी जिसलिए आपने पेड़ी किया हमें रखा हुआ बंद तमीज के लिए ये देख ले अगर ऐसा जो भी है हर पहले तो भाई जाके देना ये हमें दोबारा नहीं आना पड़ेगा समझ गए ना ओके अल्लाह फिस काफी डिफॉल्टर्स ऐसे थे जहां पर ये जाते हैं तो उनकी अपेरेंसी काफी तो ये टैक्स कलेक्टर हैं और इनकी डेजिग्नेशन टैक्स कलेक्टर ही रहेगी ये कोई प्रमोट नहीं होंगे आपके बारे में कोई नहीं किया जो बाकी मार्शल करता है मेरे हिसाब से तो बेहतरीन काम है क्योंकि देखें ये उनमें से तो बच गए हैं जो सिग्नल में खड़े होते हैं या आप जिनको आप कह सकते हो कि सेक्सुअली काम से कम कोई मकाम तो है ना मेरा मुझे अभी तक महसूस होता है कि हमारा काम अभी तक पूरा नहीं हुआ मैं कहती हूँ कि सब हमारे ख्वाजेस्त्राओं को नौकरियाँ मिली चाहत इस डेवेस्टेटेड हर न्यू नोविस स्टेड ओनली फॉर अ फ्यू डेज नाउ dreams of having someone to take care of have been shattered. एक साल भी हम नहीं वाकई जिंदगी गुजार सकते। अब ये एंड हो गया। अब नहीं गुजार सकते जिंदगी। 
As for Maggie, she's desperate to stop working the streets. The fear of HIV is becoming very real. She tries her luck once again to get a job with the airlines. शायद मेरी जिंदगी में इज्जत की नौकरी नहीं लिखी रोडों के ऊपर कॉल कर बन के ही जिंदगी गुजारनी है तो ठीक है सारी उम्र ऐसे गुजारूंगी हम जैसे लोगों के ख्वाब नहीं पूरे हो सकते What you could hear there in my audience was life of the trans experience in Iraq and also in Pakistan. We had several different trans women of the Middle Eastern experience who shared their truth. One, Sana was a tax collector, so she had some success <clears throat> as an employee and being hired. And then we had Maggie in the story who was also trying to get hired as an airline um, hostess um, with the Iraqi um, International Airport. And so you saw their journeys um, and you could hear in their language and then also a little bit of it being um, interpreted. But I wanted to give you a little bit of clarity into exactly what that conversation was looking like. One of the things I wanted to share as well, um, and this was just part of the, the caption, um, it says, quote unquote, transgender people were until very recently not entitled to Pakistani or Iraqi nationality. They still have limited access to education, employment, or state protection and are frequently victims of violence. In a never-before-seen side of life in Pakistan and Iraq, this absolute documentary follows the stories of three trans people, each of whom represents a different way of living. So again, you got to capture a little bit of that. And then again, um, just to give you a little um, context, this is um, this documentary came out just 10 months ago. So this was at the end of 2021. So this was certainly around the same time as Dosky's lived experience as well, to give you a little bit more to, um, of a context into uh, when this, this lived experience was happening. But now what I want to do is shift gears into the life of Dosky Zod. Born on October 14th of 1998, she was the youngest of her children to Choctaw and Humbrun Azad. Um, when it comes to her siblings, a lot of them have not been listed. She has um, basically four older brothers. And so the second to oldest, Chakdar, um, born in circa 1993, was very pivotal in up in the upbringing of Dosky. He was very, um, you know, instrumental in her upbringing in terms of like the things that she should do as at that time as a cis-identified um, youth. And so he would like, you know, play sports with her and they would do all of these activities, you know, as, as siblings. And then again in 2009 when she began um, sharing her truth openly as a trans youth, their relationship changed drastically. So then what you saw is where it was this relationship between 
a big brother and a younger sibling now become very hostile and toxic. But this also was in co correlation with the way that Dosky's father began to treat Dosky. So when Chakdar saw their father begin to mistreat Dosky, he was quick to follow suit. And so again, because she was facing, you know, almost this double whammy, um, not only her father, but her older brother, threatening her, beating her, um, wiping her face off if she had put makeup or lipstick on right, if she was caught wearing her mother's shoes or garments, um, she faced severe beatings. This was part of her truth and this is one of the reasons why subsequently she was um, put out a year later in 2010 and then began staying with some aunts and older female identified cousins for the next 11 years until around the beginning of 2021 when she met her um, roommate, Sabrine, um, also another trans Iraqi female who they just connected as um, young adults who were just trying to make their make their lives in Duhok. And so um, again, what you see here a little bit more about Dosky is that she loved, loved Megan Thee Stallion, the rapper, and she was a huge fan of the brand Hello Kitty. So um, in some photos, you can see Dosky with like her Hello Kitty little book bag or her, um, her pan bag or just like a little beret in her hair. She was very effeminate and girly and just loved everything about that. Her favorite colors uh, were pink and yellow and purple. So she was very um, into all of those things. She believed uh, she loved ladybugs and butterflies. And so she was just really, really just wholesome girl. She also did a lot of work um, as a renowned makeup artist to my audience. Um, over the years, especially by the time she turned 18, she had picked up a trade. Um, as a makeup artist and what she would do is she would go around to um, future brides in their homes in Iraq and she would do their makeup and, and be commissioned um, to do so and she became very successful too if you look at some photos of Dosky and again please um, that's spelled D-O-S-K-I Azad A-Z-A-D if you do that you can see again a stunning young woman and makeup was flawless and so that was her profession and that's what she loved to do and um, again that's what she was doing in 2021 um, just a month before her hateful homicide, you know, um, several months before her hateful homicide, Dossie had just turned 23. She was looking forward to taking her makeup career and making it a brand and expanding it, um, even hopefully to come into the United States. Sabrina commented that Dossie was really hopeful. She had this vision of creating this beauty line and this um, and having Megan Thee Stallion like do um, be the music for her commercial. And so that was really beautiful to hear that, you know, she was already of what her future looked like as a 23-year-old young woman. And then when the new year began in January of 2022, she was starting to put those resolutions into place. She had already started to reach out to a couple of um, cousins that she had over in the United States, specifically in New York City, around just like ways that she could maybe look into moving over. Because again, she was very fearful of, of her family and, and she knew that to, to become the Dosky that she deserved to be. She wanted to be in a space again where she felt safest. And so her cousins um, in New York City were excited and ecstatic to hear that Dosky wanted to leave Duhok, Iraq and come over and, and start her life there and hopefully um, become employed with um, a couple of makeup agencies such as Sephora and Ulta. She really um, idolized those brands as well. And that's one of the things that connected me to her case just on a kind of like makeup level, right? Like I, I'm a huge fan of those brands and 
Um, and just also being girly myself. So like to see that in her and, and just being like that so proudly um, in the Middle East, it was very, uh, it was just very empowering for me. And then also sharing the stories with you all pertaining to the to the young women of color over in, in the Middle East who are also, you know, still alive, but also definitely facing employment and education barriers. Um, their stories just really grappled me and Dosky's story really grappled me because you have this incredible young woman who was just in the middle of living her life when her brother comes into the home that she shares with her roommate, takes her out of the home, drives to a ditch in the Kirkish area outside of Duhok, and places several bullets into Dosky's body. As she was in that ditch, that late night of January 30th of 2022, that Sunday night when she was abducted out of her home and her roommate, Sabrina, was so nervous and scared because Chakdar had threatened to murder her, commit the hateful homicide of her too, right? She identified as a trans woman. And so unfortunately, you had this situation where it was kind of like say nothing. And I think she was hopeful, right, that Dosky's brother would not commit a hateful homicide of Dosky. I think she was just really hopeful, but then when she didn't return, that Monday morning, and then by that afternoon when she had received the call from Detective Brokdahl regarding the, the body being discovered after they had did the fingerprint analysis, and then uncovering ballistic evidence, and then hearing from Sabrine herself around the fact that Dosky had been threatened by her father and by her second to oldest brother, Chakdar. It was right on the wall. And one of the things too, my audience, is that Chakdar was very public about it. He actually went on social media. Welcome back, my audience. Had to take a quick little break there, but just to pick back up where I left off, you know, Chakdar had went on social media and he was, you know, very proud and um, vocal about the fact that he had committed the hateful homicide of his beautiful 23-year-old trans-Iraqi sister, Dasky Azad, back on Monday, January 31st of 2022, when her lifeless body was found in the Kirkish region of Duhok, Iraq, at 1.30 p.m. afternoon. And again, her brother was just very um, adamant that this was his truth, it was his purpose to uh, restore the family's name. And then what I wanna do also is provide some additional commentary into um, this idea of honor killings and then really give you a perspective from this incredible blog called Atheist Republic from Armin Nababi and his incredible friend Susanna. Um, they both really speak about the idea of honor killing and what does it look like um, from a trans perspective but then also from just like an LGBTQIA plus perspective period and then you're going to also just kind of giving you a little a warning that Armin will be kind of using a little bit of language just to kind of give you an idea um, since he does identify as um, middle Eastern as well. So he's going to also provide a little bit of commentary onto like the psychology um, of um, cis men in, in regards to why they commit their honor killings. Um, so again, please um, just wanted to provide that little warning. Uh, but again, it's all in reference to making sure that justice for Daski is, um, is served. So again, please um, take a listen and then we'll be back. By a strange brother. Uh, on January 31st, Doski Azad, a 23-year-old transgender woman from Iraq, was found dead in a shallow ditch in the city of Manjash. Doski came out to her family and left home over five years ago. She was working as a makeup artist in Dohuk city center in Iraq's Kurdistan region. 
Her friends described her as a peaceful and popular person who never wanted to see anyone sad. She had previously notified uh, Iraq queer, like Iraq queer, um, an Iraqi LGBT advocacy group that her relatives had been harassing her. Authorities and advocacy groups are calling her death a case of honor killing. Doski's brother is the prime suspect for her murder. Uh, and it is reported that her brother lives in Germany or another Western European country, and it is suspected that he flew to Iraq with the sole intention of killing Doski. The latest reports say that thus far no arrests have been made and the suspect is on the run, possibly having already es- escaped Iraq. So obviously, this is very sad. I thought this was interesting because this highlights a different aspect of honor killing, which is, um, well, it's still honor killing because this is definitely like a collective crime um, because it's seen as dishonoring the family. Um, But when the articles that I was reading, they were highlighting this honor killing from the aspect of the rejection of manhood and like the and how that was seen like that's an offense to patriarchy because she chose to live as a woman um which i thought was a very interesting perspective like a a different a different side of this because this is often kind of a similar attitude in which gay men are honor killed because they are seen as dishonoring the family by rejecting quote-unquote manhood what do you think about that I mean, you know what I think about that. I mean, uh, this is the second honor killing related news that we have had today. So I ha- I don't know if I want to repeat everything we said. Oh, but like, just the aspect of it being about the rejection of of the rejection of patriarchy, the rejection of manhood. I don't I don't think like okay. So anything gender related that is not the norm, you know, it would be. It's just like your pay rat or your honor has been attacked, your entire family has been disgraced, you have been embarrassed, like, I don't think it goes, like, I don't know what the specific claim here is, like, that this is, like, a different version of being, on someone's honor being challenged. I don't think there's, the people who do stuff like this are philosophizing about it too much. I think they just feel like this is embarrassing, this is, like, shameful, and... It needs something needs to be done. You know, we need to show that. You know, I need to show. I need to make sure that I show that this is not something signal that this is not something that I stand for. Right? I think that's the. That's what, I don't know what goes on actually in these people's heads. Anyways, I don't know. Uh, I see a tweet embedded here by the U.S. Consulate Gen- uh, General in their bill. Mm-hmm. Why are they talking? Like, is it was she like somehow American? Related or something like how is no, but this is? caught the attention of the U.S. consulate in Rebel, and they they made is this a, a usual thing for it. them to do? I don't I know. Don't to get involved in local, like, like she's completely Iraqi, Iraqi citizen, and everything. Yeah, I think she was maybe so, Kurdish. Kurdish, okay. I mean, I'm not, I'm not complaining. I'm, this is good. This is a good tweet by the U.S. Consulate General uh, in their bill, but I just didn't know they get involved in talking about stuff like this. So. I know that really surprised me. Okay. Um, I think, yeah. I, I think there is. A, I mean, it's obviously, like you said, both about the disruption of 
like highly conservative gender norms and how that is seen as poorly reflecting upon like the general family unit or like inner tribe as the primary motivation. But I do think it is um, kind of interesting to consider how it it is seen as it is kind of different though because it is about like an like because masculinity is so highly prized as a, as a source of honor to have it be a, a particular different kind of affront to have someone reject it in that way i don't think that's how they think i don't think that's i don't i mean no i don't think that they're literally thinking this through no, I don't think that's what they're feeling. Okay, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. I just think like they think this is as disgusting, as depraved, as weird, as gross, as shameful. I don't think like they come thinking like the the concept of manhood needs to be defended. Okay, I just think like I, they think like I'm a, I'm a lesser man because I let this slide. This is like. This is so, they will say that it's so gross. And the fact that this is, has any association with my family is, and my, me, and my brother, and this being my brother, I need to make sure that I clean it off, okay? That's, that's, the, that's the feeling. I don't think like they're like, the man, man they, they're thinking like manhood as a concept needs to be protected and this is not something you should be able to reject. No, I just think like, like you weird, gross, disgusting, depraved, and this is not part of my family. I cannot have. I cannot tolerate that. That's that's the. I think that's what goes back. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Okay, we're talking about yeah. people who think honor killing is a thing. So I don't know if we could even. Yeah. Okay, but I do want to read the tweet by the U.S. Consulate General in our bill. For people who don't know, the, the Kurdish part of um, Iraq is a bit of like somewhat autonomous. So so that's why they might they that consulate might be acting. Differently. Anyways, I'm just going to read the United States uh, notes with concern um, media. Oh, there's a co- there needs to be a comma here. I think the United States notes with concern media reports that uh, Dusky Azad, a resident of Duhok, is that right, was the victim of so-called honor killing. So, and they put honor in quotations. Right? Uh, we categorically condemn this violence and the discrimination that is undoubtedly. At the root of this crime, we ask the authorities to thoroughly investigate this murder and, pro- uh, and prosecute the, pro- uh, the perpetrator to the fullest extent of the law. I don't know, do you think like some people might argue like this might, might not be helpful because now people think like now if you actually go and take this seriously, people are thinking you're giving in to the United States pressure. I don't think some people might say that, but I don't think that's true because this is the Kurdistan part of Iraq and I don't think they think like that. I think over there they're more, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think the Kurdistan part of Iraq is a lot more Western friendly <laughs> than, the, than some other areas. Well, based on interviews that I read with um, uh, LGBT activists that are local to that area, it seemed like they kind of appreciated that support because oftentimes the authorities are too conservative to actually do anything about it. So, like, the attention from, like, this form of authority, I think they would maybe appreciate um, better than having no one. And I did read some reports that it seemed like maybe Interpol is... Um, getting involved in terms of finding this man. So the details on that were unclear. So don't quote me on that. But if that's the case, that is some good news. 
I can read this one. Address is saying, calling it honor killing, he ran like a bitch. His honor is attached to his sister's life. Fortunately, that's how these attitudes are imbued in people. Um, um, yeah. I mean, t- yeah. technically, yeah, that's what it is attached to, this, the, to female members of the family. I mean, that's the main way that you um, prove your data or honor in these, with these kind of traditional ways of thinking. So, so my audience, I now want to pose a question to you. Do you think honor killing should be allowed? If so, why not? If so, why? Share based on um, your Spotify or Apple account in the Q&A portion. Please feel free to answer. And I really wanted to broke in as Atheist Republic is an incredible YouTube vlog with Armin and Susanna, these incredible just um, vloggers who really took the time to talk about the hateful homicide of Daski Azad again, which occurred on Monday, January 31st, 2022, around 1.30 p.m. when her lifeless body was discovered in the ditch outside of Duhok, a region in the Kirkish area of Iraq. And again, she was shot multiple times throughout her head upper and lower toso and bled out and died all by the hands of her 28 year old cisgendered Iraqi male brother Chakdar Azad so again as we prepare to conclude this case I just want to say to my incredible sister and love bug Daski Azad we remember you born October 14th 1998 and resting on since January 31st 2022 we remember you yesterday, today, tomorrow, forever, and always. Thank you, my audience, so much for tuning in to season four, episode two of A Hateful Homicide, The Murder of Daski Azad, The Honor Killing. Again, please tune in every Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, I'm your host, Mallory Jenna Robinson. Please follow us on A Hateful Homicide on Instagram, as well as me at MalloryJenna90. Check out our website at ahatefulhomicide.net. And please feel free to use the hashtags A Hateful Homicide, True Crime, Investigative Journalism, Trans Awareness, Trans Awareness Week, Trans Awareness Month, as well as Say Her Name and Suspenseful Saturdays. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I look forward to connecting with you all next Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you so much and have a great day. (laughs) Bye-bye.